everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Iowa Pharmacy Association's What, Why, and How podcast. My name is Seth Brown. I am the Director of Public Affairs with IPA, and it's great to join you today. For this podcast, we have a star-studded lineup to explain the what, why, and how of the latest Board of Pharmacy meeting. First, we of course have Brett Barker, our Senior Policy Advisor with IPA. Hi, Brett. Hey, Seth. Additionally, we have friend of the show, Sue Mears from the Board of Pharmacy. Sue, great to have you on again. Thank you for having me. And last but certainly not least, we have Becky Carlson joining us to talk about the IMP3 program. Thanks for coming on, Becky. Thanks for having me. So, Sue, we'll go to you first. Um, On this podcast, we usually get into the weeds of the specific rules the board considers. Before we do that, it might be useful to step back and gain an understanding of the rulemaking process as a whole. Could you provide for listeners an overview of this process and explain how a rule is adopted? Yeah, absolutely. And it is um, kind of a lengthy process. Um, it goes through a lot of steps and, you know, for good reason. Uh, so the board um, will generally initiate rulemaking based on a number of um, factors. Maybe it's something that they're seeing during um, investigations or that compliance officers are seeing out on inspections. Um, or maybe it's something that um, they need to change a rule to implement a law that was um, enacted during legislative session. Um, so generally, the board's rules committee is the first point where they are looking at potential rules changes. Um, the rules committee will make a recommendation. The full board will assess and they'll take a vote if they want to make a change or you know rescind a rule or make a new rule. Um, and if they want to move forward, they'll vote to notice it. And so we'll file it. It will get noticed uh, for notice of intended action, and it gets published in a legislative publication, the Administrative Bulletin. Um, That bulletin comes out every other week. Um, When a, a rulemaking is published for notice, it's that opens up the public comment period, and public comment is open for 20 days. Um, The board may or may not have a hearing about any given rulemaking. Um, Then we accept the comments. The rules committee then will take a look at those comments and assess whether changes need to be made from those comments or not. They'll make a recommendation again to the full board um, and the board will take a look at those recommendations and will make a decision if they um, want to make any changes or if they with or without changes, want to adopt that rule and make it permanent. And once they vote to make it permanent, then they will, um, they'll take that vote and I will file them for adoption. And then it will get published again in that bulletin. And then once it's published, then the rule becomes effective 35 days after that publication. Um, So within that process, besides the public comment period um, where stakeholders can Um, submit their comments about the rulemaking, provide suggestions and whatnot. The rulemaking also goes to the governor's office for their review and and comment. Um, And it also goes before the Administrative Rules Review Committee, which is the committee of 10 legislators up at the Capitol. Um, And they review rules both at the notice stage and at the adoption stage. And their role is to make sure that it's within the board's statutory authority to make that rule. Uh, So they certainly have an opportunity to make comments. Um, They could put a hold on a rule if they feel like it's necessary. Um, So that's kind of the quick summary of the rulemaking process and all the different steps and um, stakeholders that it goes through. 
Well, thank you, Sue. Looking at yesterday's Board of Pharmacy meeting in particular, it was a little bit of a lighter agenda than we're used to, but the board did adopt a rule relating to compounding that may be of note to listeners. So can you provide an overview of this rule, why the board took the action it did, and explain how it impacts practice in Iowa? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is something that had come from our compounding folks, um, and when they're out inspecting and reviewing uh, compounding records, um, pharmacies um, were not documenting in their compounding records as much information about the ingredients and the components as um, we'd like. And so the board changed the rule to require documentation for all ingredient, um, the source, the lot number, expiration dates, and then the steps involved in the compounding process. And that would apply for all non-sterile and sterile compounded products. And so from the, the source um, piece, the ingredient, that would be the NDC or the manufacturer of the component that's being used and then the lot and expiration and then the steps and that will be filed and would be effective then 35 days after the date that it publishes. All right, thank you, Sue. Uh, Becky, we'll go to you next. Uh, yesterday, you spoke to the board about the Iowa Monitoring Program for Pharmacy Professionals, otherwise known as IMP3. What is this program and why is it important to practice in Iowa? Hi, um, so IMP3 is a confidential monitoring program for pharmacy professionals that are um, potentially struggling with any sort of substance use or mental health condition or even physical disabilities. Um, the purpose of our program is to monitor and support that professional as they seek recovery. Um, and is it is um, good to note that we're not a disciplinary program. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that I don't think a lot of people in Iowa may know, and I think that it may be unique to to our program compared to some states is it does, it is broader than just substance abuse um, and just broader than pharmacists and has other pharmacy professionals. So uh, maybe talk uh, a little bit about um, that as well, um, and then how there, because of that, how it might impact patient care directly or indirectly in the state of Iowa. Sure. Um, so the program is for pharmacy professionals that are licensed here in the state, um, licensed or registered in the state of Iowa. So that would include pharmacists, technicians, technician trainees, as well as interns. Um, and the overall goal of this program is to make sure that the um, professional is working in a pharmacy setting, but as long as they're able to practice safely. Um, and this would impact the patients because we are not only protecting their safety, but as well as the professionals, um, their safety as well as they seek recovery. And then I do have a follow-up there as well, because you sure. hit on, you know, it's not disciplinary. So, you know, how would the board maybe look at different cases or how does it play into the normal disciplinary process of the board? Because they are, like you said, they're separate things. So maybe talk about how, um, how they can interplay. Um, so, Typically, the program is a confidential program. Um, so the licensee or the registrant that is maybe self-reporting to this program isn't typically known by the board itself, unless there might be a, um, a public order or a board order that is um, kind of making them self-report to this program. Um, that's typically how they might um, coincide together um, or work together. Thanks, Becky. This is obviously a very important program. Um, is there yes. anything else you would like to share about this program that might be relevant? 
Sure. Um, so I just, I, I like to make sure that people know that this is a, um, this program is intended to be a support and that we lead with compassion um, for the licensees and the registrants um, that are struggling. And we are intended to be there to help them through this recovery process, you know, with a, in a compassionate way, but also holding them accountable for not only um, their actions, but also to help them make a plan, a lifelong plan to stay in recovery and to stay healthy as well as safe. Um, and our hope obviously is that they continue to work and practice while in this program, as long as it's in a safe manner. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Becky and Sue for coming on. Uh, Brett, unless you have anything to add, I think we'll call it a podcast. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on the What, Why, and How podcast. We hope you join us on the next episode. Have a good day.